です。Welcome back to We Played This, the podcast on the network We Made This, where I, Tim Henton, hello, grill a guest every fortnight, every month. I've no idea how often this is going to go out, but um, I grill a guest about their gaming history and what their favourite games are right now. So, I've got a, a guest that I know very well, or I should do, I so. uh, since I live with her. Um, it's my partner, Kirsty Dodge. Hello. hello, 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 hello. So, people may have heard you before, because we've done a few podcasts together already, haven't we? Yes, we did a couple of the Decombobulated on the Without a Mouse podcast. Yeah, which is my other podcast, which if you're not listening to, you should definitely check out. That's also on We Made This, along with this podcast, um, where we watch a review live-action Disney films on the hunt for a hidden gem, though that's what we normally do. But whenever I get Kirsty on, we instead review Disney Channel original movies, don't we? Yeah, which is quite fun because they seem to be a little bit more chirpy and cheerful and musical. Which is everything I hate, so... I love it. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's quite overdue for us to do another episode of that, actually, isn't it? Yeah, we've not done one for ages. That's next on the list of to do things to do for the podcasting and shit, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully... I should have a kind of an idea of where this conversation's going to go, because um, we've known each other for 12, 13, nah, 14, that. 15, about 16 years, probably. 270 years, yeah, is something it? Like that. Something like that, yeah. Been together on and off during that time, so I've seen uh, plenty of the games that you're into. So we'll, let's just, let's just get stuck in. Go for it. So we always start with the big four questions, which are the same for every guest. Yeah. And then we, I ask the guest to pick two questions off a big, long list of questions that I've put together. And so we'll get to those later, but we'll start with the big four. So the first question, where did your journey with video games begin? Um, so when I was younger, I can't tell you how old exactly, um, my parents bought us a PlayStation 1. Old school. And it was just, for me and my sister, it was the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> um, and we constantly played Crash Bandicoot. I played a lot of Croc and Gemma played a lot of Spyro. I couldn't play Spyro because it made me dizzy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a kid, I was that awkward one. Um but it kind of just stemmed from there, really. And did your parents play it very much on your PlayStation, or was it just you and Gemma that... It was mostly me and Gemma. My mum had a go a few times, but it was my dad that was really into it when we were kids. Um, we had like uh, we had a game called Speed Freaks, which was like an old... Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's like a racing like, game. Yeah, kind of like an early version. Uh, well, I say early version. I don't think they ever released any other versions of it. Um and it's really laggy and slow, but that's the one that my dad used to play with us a lot. And 
if we couldn't do a level on Crash Bandicoot, it was, Dad, <laughs> can you come and help us? Yeah. So, yeah, it was more more Dad than Mum. Okay. Um, speaking of Crash, you, uh, you've you been playing quite a lot of the the Insane Trilogy on PS4 as well recently, haven't you? So Yeah, I love it. I mean, as a lot of people said, I agree with the mechanics of it. Um, when you first start playing it, the jumping is slightly... I think it's like muscle memory from being a kid from playing it so much. The jumping is slightly off. Um, but once you get used to it, it's it's just full of nostalgia. And I absolutely love playing it. Absolutely love it. So for the listeners at home, how old are you? And how old do you reckon you probably were when you got the PlayStation? You must have been quite young. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm 31 in June. Um, but... God, we certainly played it when we were young, young, because there was even a Rugrats game when oh, we yeah, got our yeah. PS1. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. So it's got to have been 90, late 90s. When did the PS1 come out? Uh, over here, about 95, 96, I think. I, I think it probably wasn't much long after that, so it was maybe about 10-ish. Yeah. Give or take. I My first experience of the PlayStation 1 was my cousins Emily and Joe used to have one. Uh, okay. Um, so whenever I used to go to, and have to stay at their house, um, we would play quite a lot of that. I remember um, the Disney platformers from from that was what we played quite a lot of. Uh, did, okay. Did you ever play the Hercules game? I remember I playing think, shitloads of that. I think we did, but I don't think we had it. Right. Uh, somebody had it. I know Colette. Hi, Colette. She had a PlayStation 1, and she had a few games that we didn't have as well. Um, So between us, we had all sorts of games, but we did have a Disney game, which was like a Mickey Mouse game. can't remember what it was called, but you used to play on Steamboat Willie. It's something called Castle of Illusion or some shit like that. That's a... Don't ring a bell. I can't can't for the life of me think what the Mickey, Mickey one is on PlayStation. No, but yeah, that was really good fun as well. And Pandemonium. Yes. Uh, one of the listeners um, we've got from our other podcast. Um, let me remember what his handle is. Yeah, Joseph, at Joseph C. Wilfred on Twitter. Uh, the other day he posted because someone was asking what the first game people completed was. Right. And he said his very first game was Pandemonium. To complete? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, we never got that far. We only <laughs> well, got a few levels in, but because we only played it as kids, like yeah. me, Gemma and Colette would swap between us and have a go and we still couldn't do it. No, I remember because we bought a PlayStation 2, didn't we? Yeah, Not... and we bought Pandemonium, didn't we? And you've been banging on about this game Pandemonium for years and yeah, I had no. no idea what it was like. And it's, <laughs> it's it's hard. It's hard, but it's very weird, isn't it? Like, it's very bizarre. It's a very yeah. odd sort of platformer but yeah it's very it's very of the time that like as platformers were jumping to 3d and people just didn't quite know how they're supposed how to do that and so it's very the control style is quite unique and it's yeah i think that's probably what makes it hard as well yeah and it's very much like you've got to have a really twitchy finger to get that jump right yeah definitely yeah um but yeah we've always had playstations um, but another early memory um, of a different type of console was that I had Pokemon Red on my lime green Game Boy Color. Nice, yeah. Um, so early Nintendo, early Sony, but... I mean, did we... When we were kids, did we know anyone that didn't have Pokemon? I don't know if... We've... Um, 
I feel like I don't know. It was an absolute phenomenon when we were kids, wasn't it? Yeah, that was li- that was when it set off, wasn't it? Like again, whenever that came out. I find it quite interesting that you played on a Game Boy Color first, because obviously, like that, that was quite posh for considering that it's a uh, it's a, it's a an original Game Boy game. Yeah, yeah. To, to play it on the color was quite. Quite unique at the time, as as a first gaming experience. That yeah, because obviously I had it on my old old school brick of a Game Boy. You see, we yeah the the first ever kind of version was like was a Game Boy Color that we had, um, and I had one and Gemma had one, and we both had Pokemon, but different color Game Boys, different color Pokemon. So no arguing. Yeah, because you've got <laughs> different ones. Um, did you ever play? Did you have a uh, link cable to link the consoles together. You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea. <laughs> I, we probably did, but I don't know if we actually ever played together. I don't even think we figured out how to do it. I think we just. It's a very complicated setup, to be fair, for like kids and. Yeah, back in I think the day. it was two little kids like just wanting yeah. to play for fun and not faff about with all the other stuff. Like we we were happy with it just as it was, to be honest. Never you, completed it though. I was just about to ask if you never completed it. No. So you never got to the Elite Four or anything. No, like that. no. I have done in later games, but not not that one. And I would like to I have still got it, so I'm I'm gonna start it up again and try and get further if I can. Well, I think Pokemon I had Pokemon Blue back in right. the day. And I think that was probably one of the very first games that I sort of technically completed. And when I say completed, I don't mean like I definitely did not get an 151 yeah, Pokedex yeah. or anything like that. But getting to the Elite Four and then doing the end game bits. Um, and to be fair, I remember this as being the very first game that I ever bought a an instruction guide for. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, because uh, they were all the rage, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, the strategy like guide. Yeah, I yeah. I had one, an unofficial one, that I bought from um, WH Smiths as a kid. Nice. Um, with my pocket money. Yeah. Um, but the the coolest thing that I remember about it, obviously it did have the walkthrough, which, because Pokemon's, even, even back in the day, it's a very, it's almost like an open world game in that you never really get told what you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to yeah, go. Yeah, you just never really of... know. There's so many screens. You can literally go up, down, left and right and it can take you absolutely anywhere. So. Yeah, so it was a lot of, um, you know, there, there was a lot of exploration on your own, but having a strategy guide really helped to know exactly what you're supposed to do at when and what Pokemon were available in which zone. But the coolest thing I remember from it, um, especially because it came out before the game itself, but in the... The back pages, it had a Pokedex, so every Pokemon, but instead of like the images from the Game Boy, it was images from Pokemon Stadium on the N64. So you had all the Pokemon in 3D. So it was cooler. Because, I don't know if you knew this, but Pokemon Stadium in um, Japan actually came out years and years and years and years before it came out over here. Uh, So I did not know that. it, It was already out when we had the very first Pokemon game. Okay, so we were behind. So they were able to put it in this strategy guide before any kids over here had even had any idea because it took so long to localise it and translate. But I think it came out in 95 over there, the original game, and not over here until 1999. Wow. So they were... Japan were nearly on their second game on Pokemon Gold and Silver before we even got the first one. We were all still going through the motions of the original. Can you imagine if things are like that still these days? It doesn't seem like just just doesn't seem right, does it? Everything's just yeah. so readily available now. I mean, 
I don't you you, re- you remember the original Animal Crossing? Do you remember I had that for the GameCube? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, because when I went to America, age fifteen, um, I, Animal Crossing had already been out in America for probably a couple of years by that point on the GameCube, right. and they had no plans to ever release it in the UK. So when I was over there at, in, at fifteen, I bought it right. to bring home with me, and then once I. Literally, the week after I brought it home, they then announced that they were going to release it in the UK. Did you get it cheaper? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I kind of did, technically, because obviously because the exchange rate... it had already been rate. out as well on the exchange rate. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, th- the only thing was you needed a, a special boot disc to go with it. Oh, because um, it was... Because it was America, a foreign yeah. one, yeah. Um, I remember you saying about having a... Um... Like a strategy guide. Yeah. Um, remember, going back to Crash Bandicoot again, we had a... Um, um, a naughty book, but it came with it came from a magazine, but it was oh, cheat, um, codes. cheat codes and oh. passwords and took you right through the end of the game. I fucking miss cheat codes. And yeah, so do I. Because now, because I've been playing the remake, I've realised how hard it is, even as an adult. <laughs> so I must have really struggled as a kid. Does the remake actually allow you to put cheat codes in? Do you know? I've not come across anywhere that it does now. Um, um. There might be somewhere hidden. I'm sure. <laughs> um, because um, I'm not a fan of Crash Bandicoot, am I? You haven't got the patience for Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the one thing when you grow up being a Nintendo kid, you're just not used to a challenge in a game. No. <laughs> Especially yeah. not with a side-scrolling platformer. Especially yeah. like as a kid of the 90s. Like If I, if I was 10 years older and I'd grown up on the NES yeah. and the SNES, then I would be a bit more hardcore with my games. But uh, Crash Bandicoot is too much for me. It's the best. <laughs> End of. <laughs> I like a game that I'm good at, and I'm definitely not good at that. If you practiced, you might be. <laughs> okay, so next question. Uh, what was the last game, most recent game you've played? Okay, so most recently, I am I am a bit naughty when it comes to this, because I tend to play like five different games in the space of a day. Um, but most recently played like really well and completed was Breath of the Wild, the yep. new Legend of Zelda game, which yeah. I love. It's my favourite. Game ever or No, not necessarily game ever, but current game that I'm yeah. that I'm playing. Um it's so pretty. <laughs> it's uh interesting, isn't it? Because we both had a very different experience kind of playing that game. Yeah, I think because I really enjoy all the exploration I'll I'll yeah. find all the nooks and crannies and blow up all the boulders and find treasure chests and use loads of different things and find weapons and really explore all the different terrains. And I can spend hours pretty much doing nothing, but I just find that so relaxing. But you play it very differently to me, don't you? Yeah, um, I I wouldn't say I, you know, blasted through it. No. But I definitely was a lot more focused on the getting through the the main story missions and yeah sorting out all four of the divine beasts as soon as possible and did it, I'm not as much of an explorer with games I I I hate an open-ended open world game most of the time just because I like to know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and if you give me too big a sandbox to play yeah. in I, I can never decide what to do so I I've definitely not chucked in as many hours as you have no <laughs> not even close probably no. but um i tried again recently to um 
have, have a restart of Breath of the Wild, didn't I? About, yeah. About a month ago, I had... And again, I probably clocked in another five to ten hours, but I'm really not feeling it no. this time around. Um, and I'm... It's not that I don't enjoy it as, as right. a game, but for me, it has to be all about the the story as such and, and yeah i think getting I do, the main I, quest done yeah i understand i do understand that because as much as i do love this game unless you really strictly sort of follow the story it, it can be very spread out yeah so you can go through it and have like one part of the story then you can play for another 10 hours and not find the next part of the story because you're off doing side quests and you you don't lose where you are with the story as such, but you it sort of refreshes you a little bit. Yeah. And it doesn't really follow as smoothly. But then that's all, I guess, in, depending on how you play the game itself. So, The biggest barrier of entry for me, my enjoyment of this particular Zelda is um, I'm just really terrible at the combat. <laughs> the combat is hard, man. It, like, I know I've, as you say, I've clocked in a lot more hours, but oh, the amount of times I crouch... Instead of running or getting my sword out, and then I'm just like crawling across the floor. I hate any game where every single button has a as a function because I can never yeah. remember what they all are. I don't have the muscle memory for that kind of shit. Once I get like if I not if I don't play it for a while and then pick it up, it takes me a few minutes to get into yeah. it. But then once I'm into it, I know what everything does. But it's like you you know your analog sticks. If you touch it in, you crouch, and I'm like, but all I want to do is look around i don't want to yeah. crouch i just want to i wish that didn't have a function yeah the weapon system does my head in as well because often the the reward for completing a, a a fight or a battle or clearing out some enemies is a new weapon but because i'm so shit at the combat i'll have spent three weapons in that situation and maybe two of them were stronger than the one that i then win for having done that combat so when when i'm and I know that this is a me problem. It's definitely yeah, not it a problem is, with yeah. the game. I'm just so <laughs> I just cannot get my head around the combat in this Zelda game. Um, but because of that, it means that I'm I'm never progressing in the game. I'm always getting worse, and I'm always getting right. weaker. Yeah. Um, I think it's another thing though with having patience, <laughs> which I don't have, <laughs> because the amount of times I've thought, oh, "Shit, I can't do that." There's way too many down there, and. I'll just stand on a cliff and chuck like a hundred bombs down until yeah. I've done it, which is very time consuming. But then I get to keep my weapons and I've seen people online say that they've done things like that. And then other people say, oh, what's the point? You've got your weapons, use them. And then if you keep dying, yeah. I think, well, I'll keep my distance and just throw my bombs because they don't cost you anything. So, yeah. But it, again, just different gameplay, isn't it? It is. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot that I do enjoy of the game, but there's a probably equal amount that i i don't enjoy yeah so i've come to the conclusion like as i say i i, I put another few hours in and was trying my, trying my best to enjoy yeah. it and in a way i do but at the same time we've we already know that there's a sequel coming out so yeah. i'm thinking rather than spend my time going back to this game that you're I'm, not particularly keen on yeah going for the new one and i know that um a lot of the criticisms that i have of the game are more of the more common criticisms. So I'm pretty sure that a lot of my issues that I have with the current game will be sorted out by Hopefully, the next yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But even if it's just a new story and stuff, I think 
we'll, we'll see. Because obviously the trailer makes it look like it's still set in the same Hyrule. Yeah. So I don't want to then go off exploring it again now to then maybe in a year's time explore, explore it, again. it again. Again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm quite happy to... I've I've put, you know... I've put, You've done your time. I've You've... drawn a line under yeah. it and I've put it to one side. Because as well, I bought you the expansion pack, which I never... Yes. I never actually played with did i but you've no. you've got a decent bit of fun out of that haven't you because there's yeah i've still done like some of the extra things and i know the new game's coming out soon but there's still i know there's just so much i have left to explore of that game which is one of the reasons why i still love it yeah because i can still keep exploring because it just and and that's the bit i i really enjoy yeah and then the expansion just gives me more I think the most so. beneficial thing from the expansion that I saw was just being able to see that line of where you've been. Oh my god, it makes such a difference. Because you just, like, when you, you look and there's like the giant space of... Yeah, and you think, I'm sure I've been there. <laughs> yeah. You obviously haven't, so that, that does make, that has made a big, big difference. Yeah. Okay, so that's what you're playing at the moment. Yes. Um, next question. Uh, what is your favourite single player gaming experience? So now these these two are the hard ones, I think. Trying to narrow it down, and it doesn't have to be. It can either be a single game, it can be a genre of games in general, or it could be a game series. It could be a console that gives the best single player experience. Yeah. Um, again, I I, rever- I do kind of go back to the same same sort of games over again because there's quite a few types of games that I can't play because of my head and I go dizzy. <laughs> um, which a lot which is those... weird because I have motion sickness but I can play yeah. any game but you specifically, anything with yeah. a first person perspective tends to yeah, which do is, your head Which in, is why I, I fall back onto my old favourites um, and, and going through the games I still one of my favourite single players it still has to be the Crash Bandicoot, but the series, not just the first game. Yeah. Because, um, again, we had them all growing up. Um, there was also a couple that were multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. Which were cool. But I really enjoy, st- still, just the same, like Crash 1, 2 and 3, we played so much as kids. And to me, that gave me so much happiness in my childhood. Yeah. So... That's there an, why I would choose that as a single player for a, a big nostalgia reason. I was going to say, well. there's a lot to be said for nostalgia. And, yeah. and I think there is a lot of, at the minute, like in films and TV and, and games, we've got a hell of a lot of nostalgia baiting with remakes yeah. and stuff. But I do think like the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, as much as I don't enjoy it, it is a really good example of... Yeah. nostalgia done right isn't it like yeah. there was effort yeah. put in and it's it's an absolute masterpiece of how you sh- how to update an, an old game oh definitely and and replaying it it's just rekindled my passion for the game for the yeah. passion that i had when i was a child and it's funny because i remember like turning on the insane trilogy and the little noises of the wumpa fruit and all the little things, all those sounds, even they mean something. That, that sounds a bit silly, but to me, that that's my childhood. Yeah. And I still enjoy it as an adult, so I'm going to have to stick with the Crash Bandicoot. Cool. Um, you, um, you had the 
PlayStation 2 as a kid as well. Did you play yes. any of the PS2 Crash Bandicoot games? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Uh, but you can't name any of them. <laughs> of course I can't. But we had them. We had most of them from what I remember. Um, a lot of it blends into one, knowing which games were on which console. Yeah. But yeah, had PS1 and PS2 Crash games throughout. Just as a as a side note as well, um, that until I met you, I had never played any Legend of Zelda games. No, that's true, yeah. Because the only Nintendo console was my Game Boy Color. Um, and that for me, I would say, is my newer... Obsession. Obsession of single player. <laughs> Um, not just Breath of the Wild, but the other games that I've played through as well. Even the DS games, the 3DS. Well, technically there were three games on that you could have played on your Game Boy Color, but you never did. No, I had Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually have any other games? Yes, Rayman. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> you got to let me off with that one. Yeah, all right, that's classic. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we did have a couple of games for the Game Boy Colors, but um, yeah, we just never... Never got into the Legend of Zelda. It wasn't that I'd ever played them and thought, oh, I don't like it. Just something I'd never, ever played. So although I've gone back, you know, and played the older games and the newer games, for me, as much as I do enjoy them, I still have to, like I say, stick with Crash Bandicoot because I played it as a child and I play it as an adult. Yeah, fair enough. And it's taken me right through. Have you played any of the Crash Bandicoot spin-offs? So like spin-offs. Well like Crash Bash. Crash Bash is amazing. <laughs> Come at me if you think anything else of this game. It's oh my god, the amount of hours me and Gemma put into that game. So I've never I've never played Crash Bash, so explain Crash Bash to oh, me. I've just, I've not played it in so long, but it's basically it's basically just a load of mini games. And you it's just getting points and stuff really. Um it's a bit I suppose of a Bit like the Mario Party mini games in a way, um, but without the board. Just with yeah, but without the board. Um, one I always remember is you go around on pogo sticks, setting off TNTs and trying to collect power ups and stuff, which makes me think a little bit of Bomberman. Oh right, yeah. Because as you go around, you collect power ups and you can jump quicker, or you can yeah. you know move stuff about. And now that's a game series we got into very late on, wasn't it? Bomberman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I had Bomberman 93 on the Wii off the eShop yeah. um, at uni. So that was only, not until 2006, 2007. But we've absolutely clocked in a few hours on that, haven't we? It's so much fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Crash Bash, who did you who did you play as? Who was your character? At Crash. Oh, right. Okay. Crash and Gem mm. used to be Coco. Mm. All right. Crash and Coco. <laughs> um, it just... I think she has... The game we had as kids, I think she has the actual, the, the crash, actual bash. crash bash. Um, but I can't. I wish I could have clocked in the hours we spent on Crash Bash because it would be insane. Did you have Crash Team Racing or Tag Team Racing? I think we had Crash Team Racing. We had one or the other. I think it was Crash Team Racing. Right. I don't think it was Tag Team. But again, that was another game... We, we yeah we did play but Crash Bash was the 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 multiplayer for us of the Crash Bandicoot series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So this will be an interesting question to ask because 
we're kind of a multiplayer house, this household. Yes. I like to think of us as such. We are. So, how? Uh, what would you say was your favourite multiplayer gaming experience? So, I've got to say, I'm just going quite generic, but I'm going to go with the Mario games. Okay, so... Because of how... Do you want to elaborate? Yeah, so Mario Kart, for example, I love. Yeah. Really love. Um, have you got a favourite? I quite like the new one. Yeah, we have We have clocked a hell of a lot of hours yeah, on that, haven't we? I, I really like the new one. Um, it doesn't help that we've had it on Wii U and Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you think of the additions to the Switch version compared to the Wii U? Can you even remember what's different? Yeah, well, there's the um, anti-gravity thing. No, as in... Oh, you mean from the other one? From the Wii U to the Switch, oh, differences um, from that. not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can hold two items on the Switch, which you couldn't before. Oh, yeah. You can... I like that. Um, have the auto forward oh, so you don't have yes. to press the button. How, that is the best thing that it, could have been added to Mario Kart. It is the biggest innovation in decades, and it's so pathetically min- minor, but it makes such a difference, well, doesn't you it? you don't get thumb ache yeah. <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, oh, I want to win, I want to win. And then, And then as well, like, um, you... There's the auto steer, so you can't fall off as well. Yeah, I'm not as fussed about that. I, th- I, as w- much as it does... It's not something I use. I think it's brilliant for when we've got our mates around that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, people that are just like, oh, well. Yeah. Um, there was something else as well. Oh, I can't remember what else. I think that might be it. Oh, they, they updated the battle modes, but we don't really play battle very often, do we? No, we like just the Grand Prix, don't we? I used to love battle on the N64, but I've not really been bothered about it since then. Anyway, uh, yeah, so what other Mario multiplayer experiences do you like? Um, well, you got me into Mario Party. Yes. Because, <laughs> um, again, as a kid, you missed out on that because you yeah. had the PlayStation. Yeah, so I, again, come in, I suppose, I guess, late to the different series of Mario. Um, You're very lucky because you've only experienced Mario Party through me. I've been very selective of which games <laughs> for you to, to actually I've show not you. i the crappy ones. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've looked out there. Do you do you have a favourite or just in general? I just really enjoy it in general, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember enjoying the you know the board game one that was on the was it, was that on the Wii or was that the Wii U? The board. There's game like one. a board game for the Wii. Wii. It's like on Wii Party or something. The board game Island. It's called. Right, so yeah, so the Wii U Party a, U or something. Yeah, something like that. And it's Board Game Island, and that to me reminds me of Mario Party, but it's not even close to being as good. It tried, um, but that was a substitute for me when I didn't have Mario Party available <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I know we've enjoyed, I know you enjoy it a lot more than I do, but the um, Kingdom Battle with the Rabbids. Yes, yes. Big fan of what's the full Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom, Kingdom Battle. Battle. There we go. That is one of my favourite games of all time. It's a really <laughs> good game, and I know you play it more than me. But when we again, I enjoy it more. I wouldn't enjoy it as much on my own. But when we play it together, I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, because it has a it has both a co-op and a and a versus mode, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so you can do it. You don't like to play ways. the verses though, because I always kick your ass. That's because you're playing your own. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah, I'm, I've I've had a lot more practice on that. Yeah. One, yeah. So yeah, playing co-op's pretty good, but it's there's very limited levels. If they if they did a bit more DLC, I'd love to see a bit more co-op on that. Yeah. Um. The other thing, um, so I really like, um, with with the Mario games. I really enjoy being able to some of them play it on my own, but then get help if I need it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, as well. So on some of them, some of the platformers. Do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy them, and I can. I like doing it on my own. But then sometimes when there's even if there's four of you, it's just hilarious. Are you more of a two D Mario or a three D Mario kind of person? Um. I think that's quite a hard question, I think, because mm. I do like the 2D games. We haven't owned that many of the 2D ones whilst no, we've been together, have no, we? No, I do like the 2D games, but for me, I suppose looking at it that way, I get more enjoyment out of the the 3D versions. Yeah. So. Because um, we've got 3D World for the uh, Switch, haven't we? Yeah, uh, for the Wii U, for the Wii U. yeah, which, which is, is ridiculous that it's never come to the Switch no. yet. That must be the next port, surely. But that—that's the one, kind of the main one I'm referring to. And I say I can play it on my own. But if you have more people, it's just brilliant. Yeah, we've had quite a lot of games of like four or even. Yeah. Is that one you can have five? No, you can't have five players I don't on think that so. one. I think can you can only have four. But um, the other, the other thing I was going to mention as well is. Um, when we were kids, our version of multiplayer, well, you know, before we had multiplayer games, um, was to take it in turns, <laughs> so that I would play and then I'd die, then Gemma would play, then she'd die, then I would play, and we. So that was our kind of early version of multiplayer. Yeah. Well, that's what they used to do with the older versions of like um, Mario and stuff. Was yeah. It- once you died, then Luigi just, comes on and you yeah. get your own lives and stuff. Oh no, we didn't. We just kept playing as the same <laughs> character. But <laughs> that was yeah, that was our earliest multiplayer option, I suppose. Cool. Okay, so that's the big four out of the way. So then we've got two questions that you picked for yourself. Yes. So uh, I I can only be held vaguely responsible <laughs> for where this goes from here, but right, um, okay. Yeah, so first question, how much of your time is split between modern games and retro games? And for the sake of the podcast, we've kind of decided that modern classes as the recent generation and the gen- previous generation. Yep. And that retro is anything after that. So I wanted to... And, and don't argue with me. Like, I don't want to hear it on Twitter. I don't want emails about it. It's just what it is. That's what we've decided to make it nice and easy. This is our version. Yeah. So, mm. so sure up. <laughs> um. So yeah, I wanted to pick this question because, well, as you can tell from previous discussion, um, I still play those old games, even if it's a remake. It's still, to me, classes as a retro game. Okay. But I seem to. I've noticed when I'm on my own, more often than not, I will play newer games, mm-hmm. um, which is fairly frequently, but then less frequently, 
but have more fun with when we have friends and family around i seem to then go to the older games yeah. because them a lot of them are more fun and a bit more inclusive for everybody yeah um so, yeah you can't exactly get all your family around to play breath of the wild or no it's not the same <laughs> and as much as i enjoy it and it's relaxing for me when i want to have like fun fun then i go back to the older games the wii games and buzz on the playstation and stuff like that that for me is just still it's still better as much as i like (laughs) newer games to me i still like the old stuff yeah and so i'd say my time is actually split reasonably evenly just depending on whether i'm on my own or with other people yeah fair enough I'm I'm on a bright retro binge at the moment, aren't I? Cause I'm, yeah, you are. So I only really realised recently that the Wii U eShop is still open. Yes. So I've been spending too much money on uh, games, uh, on ports for the Wii U. Um, so I've been playing some Mario Galaxy 2, uh, which, t- which technically is uh, modern by our, our new scale of things. But I've been playing uh, a lot of Advance Wars as well uh, on the Game Boy yeah. Advance. Recently, just bought the Metroid Prime trilogy as well. But some of these games, it's the only, obviously the Switch. You can get some some SNES and some NES games if you have the online uh, subscription service. Oh yeah, that thing. But the Wii U is still the only way to play a lot of these games in HD officially. Oh right, okay. So it's actually yeah. like. A really, especially now that the Wii U's gone down in price, it's a really good time to be getting a Wii U and yeah. downloading all of these games to it. Okay, so, and then the other question that you've picked: um, what is the daftest gaming peripheral you've owned? So, well, daftest or like your favourite peripheral? Yeah. I went for this question because I think... You're a a female of a certain age. Yeah, some people (laughs) might know where I'm going with this. I like music. I really enjoy dancing. Um, Yeah, we had a dance mat. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the best. Um, Some people will say it's daft because it kind of is. But as a kid, it was so much fun. We we yeah. uh, we always enjoyed dancing. We're always dancing, still are now. Um, but I guess as well, my parents maybe saw it as a way for us to keep fit while we yeah, were playing games. Um, because we would play it for ages and ages. You know when you play a game for so long and then you look at the wall and the wall moves? Yeah. Even when there's nothing on it. Yeah, because you used to get that quite a lot with Guitar Hero as yeah. well. Yeah, it was very similar sort of thing because the arrows are moving up and the screen behind's moving in all different ways, and yeah, that was yeah, that was how long we played it for. So, did you have a, a dance mat each, or did you just have the one? If I remember rightly, we had one for a long time, and then we did have another one. I think it was ours, but again, bringing Colette back into it, I believe she also had one, so we could have come ah, together yeah. at some point and had the two. Um, together. Which games did you have for it? Do you remember? Was it just the I Dance Dance? I think it was called Dance Dance Revolution. Um, we did have another one, but I can't remember what it was called, but the Dance Dance Revolution was the one we played most. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we did cheat a little bit 
because sometimes we decided to use the controllers instead of the dance mat. That's naughty. <laughs> well, uh, some of the faster ones, I was really, really shite at. My feet just couldn't move quick enough. And also, unless you were just in socks, you would just slip. You'd fall yeah. over. The dance mat would stay still because you put something underneath it, but mm-hmm. you would fall over. Yeah, they were a really weird kind of slippery surface, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, yeah, some of them came started coming with like rubbery bits underneath. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we had to do it in bare feet or we would end up falling over as well. Um, but I will admit, Gemma, my sister, was a lot better with the controller than I was. She yeah. could do the really fast ones that, to me, almost seemed impossible that she would get through them, and I don't know how she managed it. Did you play at the arcades much as well, or were you just at yes. home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. All the time. Anytime we went down the seafront, because we live so close to the seaside, yes. we were able to do that reasonably regularly like every time we went down, even though it was a pound. A pound a go, yeah. Pound a go. It's ex- expensive, but if it's your money, you can spend your money on what you want. So we would do it. I mean, obviously, I would have killed to have a proper dance machine <laughs> in my house, but that was obviously never going to be. I'd still love one. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd always do it and we'd always do it together as well. The only dance game that I've ever, like arcade style, where you've got to move your body when we went to arcade club in leeds yes there was that one where it's a panel in front of you with about maybe six by six squares uh, of yeah. tiny little yeah, yeah. lcd screens yeah and they glow and you have to press them in time to the music it yeah. was a japanese one so i have no idea what the name of it was no. um, and the songs were bizarre but that was really fun i was actually really good at that one I could I could I have played that, that one all day. I really enjoyed that because um, they had all sorts of bizarre machines that you've never seen before. Yeah, didn't there they? was that one that um, I was playing. Me and Claire played. Was it? The... It had like um, spinny things on it, so it had like touch pads, like buttons, but then it had like big dials that were almost like a dinner oh, plate yeah, size, yeah. and you had to spin them in time with the music as well. And then there was one that was just a massive touch screen as well, so you just had to draw yeah. with your fingers. Like oh, it was so clever, it was so cool. I love stuff like that. Anyone that I, I said Leeds, didn't I? But it wasn't. It was the it arcade was club in Manchester. Manchester. Leeds yeah. is the new one that's yes. opened, isn't it? Anyone that's in the UK and is listening to this podcast, you absolutely must go to an arcade club oh, at some point. It's amazing. Pay for all floors as well. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there. Yeah, the one in Manchester, you can. there's one floor of which is just 80s retro cabinets. Which is cool. Which is to brilliant. Be fair. And that's, that's the main floor. But then um, for another fiver, I think, is you also get access to the second floor, which yeah. has. Uh, it has VR, it has pinball, it has... Pizza. Pizza, <laughs> console set up. Um, it has piece, uh, a suite of PC game, uh, uh, gaming rigs as well. It's just insane, isn't it? And, it's amazing. And it's one of these places where everything's free play, so once you've paid your entry fee, that's that's it for the day. They, As you say, they, they make their own homemade pizzas, which are amazing. Good good value there's a bar it's just it's it's amazing we could we literally could have spent longer there we were there yeah. was six it about, seven hours it, easy was it about 11 till six i think yeah we got there and at we opening still, we and... could have stayed we should have stayed overnight <laughs> yeah we should have done 
every time we've gone, there's been a reason we can't stay that night. Hasn't yeah, there? probably usually work, I think. But but yeah, we'll have to check out the Leeds one and see if it's any good as well. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for coming all this way to uh, upstairs. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in in our tiny little studio in the corner of our games room. So, yes, I've enjoyed it because it's talking about something different. Um, like all the people I work with aren't really gamers. No, <laughs> I, I love I love my team of girls. Absolutely adore every single one of them. Um, and we play board games at work and stuff, but video games is not something they're particularly into, no. so it's except, nice. Except knowledge is power on the PS4. Uh, yeah, we've got everybody onto that, haven't we? Yeah, because you can use your phone on that, so yeah. everyone's happy with that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, besides that, I just I really enjoy talking about video games. It's just finding people to talk to about it that aren't going to get bored <laughs> of me. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I've really enjoyed doing this. Cool. So... Where can people find you on the internet if they want to? You ask me this every time and I never know the answer. Well, you should have been prepared then. Yeah, I know, but I never am. (laughs) Um, So if people want to find me on Twitter, they can find me at Kirky underscore Lou with an underscore. So that's at K-I-R-K-Y underscore L-O-U underscore. Just to make it easy for everybody. Um... I don't really. I do post a few things. I retweet more than I post. Um, Instagram's one of my faves. Um, so if you want to add me on Instagram, it's luby underscore lou underscore. So that's l o u b y underscore lou and another underscore. I just like them. Yep, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the time my name's taken, so I have to add little things in to um, to be seen. Mm-hmm. And the Twitter for this podcast, which is the only socials we've got at this moment, is at We Played This Pod. And you can find me at TimblesRH on Twitter. And as I say, I've got another podcast. If I'm sure a lot of you have probably listened to that and migrated over to this one. But if you've not, that's without a mouse. And you can find it wherever you're looking for podcasts and stuff by just looking for without a mouse so again thank you very much for joining me Kirsty. thank you um and if you stay tuned after our outro music you will hear some clips of previous episodes on the network we played this as part of the we made this network logo by carl bryan Music by Dave S. Walker, a.k.a. Kyoto Dragon. Previously on the We Made This Network. Make it so. Someday we will sing songs of the battle of Discovery's survival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it first. Yeah. And Tony, if it had been any other series, if it had been any other project, if it had been any other project other than old being the flagship to launch a whole new commercial enterprise by a little entity no one ever heard of called CBS. If it had not had a, like a three-way <laughs> pressure point, if there'd been this kind of problem in development on anything else, they would have pulled the plug and, you know, yeah. uh, walked away. But it was Star Trek, and it had to launch this new series, and the whole world is watching. So, by God, keep throwing <laughs> money at it until we get something <laughs> on, the, on the screen, literally. Pull or pass. Amazon Prime in the UK 
is now listing New Mutants as a pre-order. Yes, um, it it's got a tw- it's got a twelve rating, and it's got no release date. <laughs> yeah, but you can so pay for not... it up front. You can, and uh, I mean, I- I'm almost tempted because it'll just kind of like drop in your Amazon when it's available, and it's a film I've wanted to see for a very long time. I just. <sighs> I wonder whether we'll notice that the the cast have aged by the time we get to see that film. <laughs> the Movie Palace. Okay, so the main reason we're here, of course, is this new book, um, Daring Darlene, Queen of the Screen. How would you describe this book to people who are unaware of it? Um, I mean, you can give away as much of the story as you want, I guess. Um, but yeah, how would you kind of pitch it, I suppose? Well, it's a story of a, of a girl named... Um... Darlene, who has been a, an actress in the silent film industry since earliest childhood. She was a child star. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network. Mm-hmm.